Hi, this is Mo Maduro, and today we're talking about unpacking the unconscious, and this is the first of probably four episodes on the topic. We may go a little bit beyond that. So the format is going to be similar to what I did with the points about the unconscious, and you agree, disagreed, or were unsure. This is going to be different. This one I am taking well-accepted success principles, things like visualization, clarify your goals, for example, explaining how those come about, mostly through an unconscious lens. Sometimes it's neuroplasticity, and then there's something else I'll be introducing. But what my objective is at the end of this conversation is to have whatever your woo-woo gap was at the beginning of this series, to have it narrower. Now, I have nothing against the spiritual realm. That's not the point. The point is, when you're not sure, it creates confusion and stress. So let's be sure where the spiritual line starts for you, and the rest of it is in your control. Because the last thing we want to do is be abdicating our control. In the book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. The first chapter was Be Proactive. And he had an exercise in that first chapter, if I recall it correctly. It's been a few decades now. But you were supposed to go for 30 days being 100% proactive. And he used it from a language standpoint. In other words, you could not abdicate your responsibility. Later in the book, he talked about the circle of influence and the circle of concern. The circle of influence is what you can work on, what you can do. The circle of concern is all around us, it's everything else. And the point is that if you focus on what you can do, then you're going to expand the circle of influence and you'll have more influence around the stuff that in the past was in your circle of concern. And it's a real powerful exercise. And I remember having to go through and start that 30 days. It must have been four or five times I would have to start the 30 days over again to finally be proactive for the entire month. If you have the book or if you read the book, I recommend going through that even. Just get it on Scrib or the library, find it online. But you do that exercise, be proactive for the first 30 days, especially in the context of what we're talking about here, taking control of the subconscious and putting the conscious mind back in charge. It makes total sense. So we're going to go through what I'll do is I'll give you an example. We're starting out with clarify your goals. Well, that's pretty straightforward. There's very little about goals that is thought to be woo-woo, but it can be certainly presented that way because when you set the goal, you get serendipity. But remember, we have 11 million bits of processing speed per second for the unconscious and only 50 bits per second for the conscious mind. So there's a lot that's being filtered out. A lot of what this manifestation is it's really that item coming into your conscious awareness. It's all, it was already there, but because of the steps you're going through and because of the way the reticular activating system works, it becomes in your consciousness. So clarify your goals. Define your goals clearly and specifically. The more, the more detailed your intentions, the easier it is to focus your energy on them. Powerful present moment, shift towards conscious attention. So that point there, that powerful present moment, and the shift towards conscious attention, you're going to be more aware when that goal shows up or when on-ramps to that goal shows up. I mentioned serendipity. Oftentimes we'll think of serendipity as coming from the universe, but if you think about it in the context that's always around us because we can process 11 million bits per second, it's always there. What we're doing by visualizing it and thinking about it, making the goals crystal clear, we're recognizing it when it shows up. The next one is uh, visualization, practice visualization. Imagine yourself already achieving your goals. Visualize the details, emotions, sensations associated with your success. 
Where your attention goes, your energy flows. And intense focus is an asset. Visualization makes the unfamiliar familiar, reducing unconscious adverse reactions. What I mean by that is by visualizing this goal that you want to achieve, you're becoming more aware and you're making your unconscious aware that that goal is what it looks like because it's going to be unfamiliar. By definition, when you achieve a goal, you are no longer the same as you were before you set the goal. Your environment has changed. Maybe you've changed. Something is different and the unconscious doesn't like the unfamiliar. So the visualization actually helps that along. There's other parts of it too, because we know that uh, in basketball examples, they have people practice free throws only in their mind, and they did almost as well, in some cases as well as the people who practiced in, in real life. Same thing with piano, playing the piano. We had, they had their studies where people practiced in their mind. Later, they were able to measure and see that the brain regions were actually lighting up when they were under intense visualization the same way that they would light up when they were playing in real life. And there was another study I saw where they actually saw the muscularity change in their hands after practicing. There's a lot to be said with visualization. I'm not talking about that part of it here. I'm talking strictly about the part where you visualize and it, it helps the goal come to pass. So the other thing, in a nutshell, it helps you recognize the clues and on-ramps to resources so you take advantage of them instead of ignoring them. The next one is you create vision boards. Compile images, words, and symbols that represent your goal and create a vision board to regularly remind you of your desires. To know and not do is to not know. If our lives are run by the unconscious, you need some way to get the unconscious on board. The vision board, affirmations, writing goals daily, engaging your neurons, and strengthening neural pathways all help to do that. And that leads us into the next one, using positive affirmations. Now, an affirmation is a present tense statement that you already have it. So if I want to be able to bench press 275 pounds, I might say, I can bench press 275 pounds. It's not, I, I will bench press 275 pounds. I am bench pressing 275 pounds. It's not even, I can bench press 270. It's, I am bench pressing 275 pounds. You, and it's confusing. It sounds confusing, but what you're doing is you're painting a picture for the unconscious because the unconscious doesn't know the difference between real or imagined. So you're going to craft these positive statements in present tense that reinforce your desired outcome. Repeat them daily to reprogram your thoughts. Affirmations are good because they get the voice and hearing involved. And the, conscious, the unconscious is connected to the senses. So hearing it makes a, a big difference. And they're even better if you can experience the emotion like it's already been done. I'll put a link down in the notes for Mind Movies. I think Mind Movies are a fabulous tool. It's a software tool, but you literally build a Mind Movie combining your affirmations, music of your choice, and pictures. So now you have a video that's done in such a way with sound and the way the images come in and the words come in, but it's your affirmations. You, you, you choose the affirmations, you choose the music, you choose the pictures, and it creates a movie. And you can make this movie long or short. You can watch it in the morning, watch it at night. And it's sort of like an affirm affirmations. It's like a vision board all in one. And I went a step further and also recorded my voice. So I have the audio version and a non-audio version. And I did some other things with it too. But my movies, just like it is out the box, is, is excellent. And you can do that too. I mean, you could have a song and then record your voice, do a voiceover on the song with your affirmations and then just load that song into the, into the software. 
So that's a good tool I recommend. You can download some trial mind movies for free, and those mind movies will give you a chance to see if it's something that you would even use before you, you spend the money on getting your own package. So you'll see that link in the, in the notes. And it does help you tap into emotion, and the emotion is a big part of making it work. Cultivate gratitudes. We talk a lot about gratitude. It goes along with mindfulness. Focus on what you're grateful for in your life. Gratitude attracts positivity and shifts your perspective. Gratitude acknowledges receivership. You can't be grateful for it if it hasn't already been received. So by believing it's received, then you can be grateful for it. The unconscious cannot distinguish the difference between real or imagined, present or future. Gratitude also accesses the abundant state of mind, which is a more positive energy. I believe this to be true, that if you're in a negative state, it's very hard to come up with successful plans from that state. And now none of this is woo-woo. This is just you're, you're in a down state. Remember we talked about the neurons, they go both ways. If everything you're seeing is kind of negative, it's very difficult for you to come up with great plans out of that. Your plans are also going to lack because you're going after those plans from fear. And I have a story about that, which I'll probably tell you at some point. Because, you know, they say the thing you fear has come, the thing I feared has come upon us. You know, you face your fear and the death of fear is certain. But if you continue to dwell on the fear, you sort of bring it to you. That's what we talk about. Worrying is like negative goal setting. But gratitude can help build a habitual response to negative news, which can greatly reduce bouts with anxiety. I mentioned that earlier, that it takes about six weeks to train yourself to be able to have bad news trigger gratitude and positivity instead of it triggering negativity. It takes about six, uh, six weeks, but it's definitely worth it. The next one is maintaining a positive mindset. So you monitor your thoughts and replace negative ones with positive affirmations or constructive alternatives. Neural pathways, as I've said so many times, operate both ways. So a positive mindset taps into your can-do attitude, while a negative attitude does the opposite and reminds you of all the times you failed. It can even make your breathing shallow, which will add to stress and anxiety. The other thing a positive mindset can do is keep you in a growth mindset. The simple act of adding the word yet to the end of a can't do statement is enough to start evoking a growth mindset. We know that a growth mindset can enable you to hang in there longer. Again, think about the baby learning to walk. Definitely has a growth mindset. There's no fixed mindset from the baby, no fixed mindset from anyone around. They just keep on trying. And that yet can't do it yet. I haven't figured it out yet. The sales haven't picked up yet. I don't have the answer yet. It's not working out for me yet. I can't hit that backhand right yet. Just adding that word yet, you're reminding yourself that you're that it's still work in progress. When you were in your early 20s, your teens in your early 20s, and, and watch kids practicing on the skateboard, hours and hours and hours. And from the untrained eye, they can't really see any improvement at the beginning, between the beginning of the session and the end of the session. But the kids know what they're doing. I do the same thing with my one wheel. I drill just that part. When I wanted to start riding the one wheel switch, I went to a park and I found a place with some ups and downs and, and I just did figure eights over and over and over. The other way, figure eights. And I went fat. I did worked on speed. I worked on stopping just in this one little small area over and over and over. Then I would go out and ride but I would come back and do those drills. That's an, an example of deep practice. So we know from our teens and our 20s, we were never expecting to just pick it up and run with it. But I mentioned before, in the teens up to 26 or 7, when the prefrontal cortex is fully formed, our trajectory in life is pretty much constantly upward. We always got better. You just All you had to do was show up and you were going to be better. 
So for that kid practicing skateboard moves, they're 16 years old, they know that eventually their years are going to catch up and they'll be able to do the move, even if they don't get any better. They're going to get better because of that. And then you hit your 30s and you don't have that constantly getting better just because you're getting older. And that goes away. And I think that's where people get disheartened because how many people have continued learning new things after they're 30, 35 years old? Every time I've learned something new, I don't care if it was snowboarding or skiing or the big one was snowboarding in the moguls. Learning to snowboard in the moguls was a challenge. And I still, it's still a challenge. I know a lot of snowboarders won't do it. Another one is snowboarding on the steeps. A lot of snowboarders won't do it, but I came from skiing where we do those things as a natural course. And so I believe it can, and I know it can be done. And so I use deep practice to get it done. That's why I got the one wheel to improve my snowboarding. So my point is we don't just expect to pick things up. If we picked up a bow and arrow, started taking archery, you're not going to be able to hit that bullseye five, six, eight times in a row. And there are people who can do that. It takes time. It takes a lot of practice as will everything and including these success principles. So kind of went on a rant there. So we're going to leave it there with that one, the growth mindset. And the, the bigger story there, I think, is to identify when you're triggering a fixed mindset and then work those triggers out of your system so that you're not triggering those fixed mindsets. Next time we'll pick up on, on practicing self-love. Okay, we'll see you.